0: Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session.
1: You know, I want to I want to talk to you about something. I actually was going to do something else tonight, and uh, I was so worn out from the last three days of prophesying over you guys that uh, I dozed off. What I saw were people with their tongue out, and uh, Jesus was walking up walking by everybody and putting a drop of oil on everybody's
0: tongue.
1: And so I kind of have the unction of what I know the Lord wants to do tonight. And um, so I want to talk about how the Lord equips your tongue to make you a weapon in the kingdom. Amen. I mean, we talked some of you have been uh, here for me. And one of the underlying themes that I always talk about is about the equipping of the Holy Spirit and especially your prayer life. And he gives you a supernatural language when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit called tongues. There's a lot of people that don't understand what that means. Um, and so I'm gonna talk a little bit more about um, that gifting and why it is the foundational gift that all the other gifts are built upon and will actually reveal and establish you in your calling. Okay? How many of you know, you? everybody in here has a calling?
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Okay, the guy standing here in front of the pulpit is not the, the point of, of Jesus. The guy in the pulpit actually has the hardest job of all, which is actually to equip the body, to raise the body up, to make the body the army of the Lord, that you all hear the voice of the Lord, and you all are moved by the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's what makes the body an army. Unfortunately, most of the church today comes in to hear what the pastor heard instead of going out as a body and hearing what the Lord is saying to the body to make the body an army so that the body is going into the cities, the highways and the byways and doing the supernatural thing. And if you understand that concept, it switches the whole concept of what a church is for. Okay, you don't come for somebody to give you something you come to a line to hear where you're all going to be sent and anointed and do to do the work of ministry right yeah. that's what the equipping of the holy ghost is for is anybody with me in here tonight yeah. amen hallelujah hallelujah that's right hallelujah and so i want to tell you about what the lord's view of the gift of tongues is and why it's so important in every one of our lives okay um Whenever uh, the Lord started awakening me to what He wanted me to do, and started sending me places, um, I started preaching in the prison in two thousand. I think it was two thousand nine, and uh, the way it all worked out was I was I was leading prophetic classes at our church, and I'd never really done anything outside of the church. Um, I was doing deliverance ministry and equipping people to um, receive the Holy Spirit, and and you know just doing all that kind of supernatural stuff and uh the guy that was going to the prison um he got kicked out of the prison for being too spiritual <laughs> for being for being maybe too supernatural okay um and so my pastor calls me and says you're up it's your turn you you ready to go to the prison i said yes sir and so i go to the, i start going to the prison and uh, it's an amazing thing when you go to a prison, man. Guys scared to death. You have an audience like you never had in your life. Amen. Amen. I mean, they have nothing to lose. I mean, literally. And they are all ears to something. Okay? And so I had gone a couple times, and um, there was a chaplain. And this chaplain was in charge of orchestrating all of the um, different churches and You know, even the Satanist groups and the Wiccans and the different things that would come in and teach the prisoners, right? And so he let everybody do their stuff, but when it came to people who believed in the charismatic gifts of the Spirit, he would like he would limit you. He'd say you can talk about Jesus, but you can't like there can't be any supernatural stuff, okay? And I'm like, Jesus, how is this gonna work?
0: I'm
1: I'm like. I'm, you know, because my, my pastor was like, the, the guy's name was Chris. Chris got kicked out. He goes, whatever you do, don't get kicked out. He goes, because I have to be in that prison. I want to be in that prison. I want you to do your stuff, but don't get kicked out. So I'm like, I'm in a vice. <laughs> no pressure. And so, you know, the Lord doesn't put any pressure on you, does he? The Lord never puts you into challenging situations. He never puts you into impossible things that you have to trust Him, does it? Yeah. That's not the Jesus I know. <laughs> I'm joking. That is the Jesus I know. Yeah. So I'm driving to the prison. It's like a 40-minute drive. I'm on my way to the prison. I'm debopping along. I got my stuff ready. I know what I'm doing. And I'm on my way. I'm praying to the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, I hear the Lord speak to me. And He says, I want you to speak about tongues today. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled, I literally pull off the road. Sweat's over the road. And I'm, dry, and I'm like, get kicked out of my pastor. doing what the Lord told me. Get kicked out. Do what the Lord told me. So guess what? So I decided, all right. All right, this is my third trip. I may, I, my goal, you know, I, is this my goal? I don't know, but um, if I get kicked out of my third trip, I get kicked out of my third trip, right? But, so I go in. And I'm like, I don't know how this is going to happen because the chaplain literally does not let this stuff happen, right? I mean, he stops it. He literally stops things, kicks, kicks um, spiritual preachers out the door, okay? And so I get in there, and uh, the chaplain's walking me back, and I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm shaking, man, because I know what the Lord told me to do, and um, I get in there. And I kid you not, it was like this whole thing was orchestrated. Because I get in I get in the prison, um, I walk in and there's a room, there's there's between 35, 40 guys, prisoners, they're all men, sitting um, in, in this room, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, the prison guard comes in the door. and you hear something going on in the back of the room and all of a sudden the chaplain gets up, walks out the door, and the prison guard takes his place. And I'm sitting there going, no way, no way. So I start talking to the prisoners about Jesus Christ and what happened at the day of resurrection and that, you know, he ascended into heaven to send the Holy Spirit. You know, that's what I've been teaching you guys, right? He said one thing, it was the Holy Ghost and what happened on the day of Pentecost, right? It says they the wind came, they prayed in tongues, then prophesied. That's the pattern, that's a supernatural pattern of the, of the gospel, right? Jesus without the Holy Spirit is what? It's called religion. Yeah. If anybody can do a routine and claim Jesus. It's a whole other thing to be filled with the Holy Ghost and follow the voice of the Lord, yeah. right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so... I'm teaching this, these guys all this and I start talking about tongues and uh, I, asked, I asked the people, I said, I asked them all, I said, who here has been in church? Got a couple of guys raised their hand. I said, does anybody do you know anything about the Holy Spirit? Not one guy knew anything about the Holy Spirit. Nothing about the gifts of the Spirit, nothing about the gift of tongues. And when I started to talk about the gift of tongues, there were about five hecklers, um, what I would call very staunch religious guys that grew up in in uh, denominations that were actually taught that the gifts of the spirit do not exist okay so they're sitting in the back row and they're all laughing at each other and they're they're coming at me right i mean they're heckling me so i started asking the questions what they why they believe what they believe Did you ever experience the lord and they're back and forth with me okay and everybody is watching this this is like this is like elijah and the prophets of baal
0: Right? right before your eyes,
1: I'm saying the fire of God is real, and they're going ha ha ha. Right? Well, guess what? Elijah got to laugh at his enemy. Right? Let me finish the story. <laughs> so I'm talking, right? I'm teaching. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, and and uh, you know this goes on and on and on, and they're back there, they're chuckling, they're you know they're, they're hoo hooing me and all this stuff, and uh, all of a sudden. There's, there's five guys lined up on my right and as I'm talking about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and what Jesus came to do and equip his body to do supernatural things, the first guy on my on my closest hand on my right he's sitting and he's shaking he starts to cry and all of a sudden out of his mouth start, comes the gift of tongues I did. I didn't even lay my hand on him. I didn't pray for him to receive it. I'm just preaching about the real power of the Holy Ghost. The guy starts crying. The hecklers are, oh, what's that? That's Thomas. <laughs> <gross.
0: laughs>
1: and I keep going. I keep. I keep preaching. I keep talking about what what Jesus wants to do. The guy beside him, he starts to shake. <laughs> And I keep going. And it's all about, baby. The fire of the Holy Ghost is on. Pretty soon the third guy, then the fourth guy, then the fifth guy. And I said, Do you believe? And they're sitting, they're like, they, they saw a ghost. They literally saw the ghost. And they're sitting back there. Like, oh. uh, and, and and I and I start to pray for, for them all to receive the Holy Spirit. Pretty soon the whole room is praying the Holy Ghost. Right. <laughs> and out of the five heifers. Everyone except the, the head guy, the leader, they all got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he's yeah. looking at him like, you left me, you left me, you left me. And he, in a staunch manner, he refused the Holy Ghost while all, everybody else in the room except one guy was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Is the spirit of Elijah alive today? Yeah. I said, what's wrong, buddy? You know what this all is? Do You know what this is he got up and he begged the, he begged the security guard to let him out of the room. <laughs> Woo, come on man. I mean, how much more of, a, of an Elijah story do you want? right? I mean, come on when the Lord tells you to do something yeah. when the Lord tells you to do something, yeah. do it. <laughs> when the Lord tells you to do something, do it. My goodness. The Gospel can't be that simple, can it? Yeah. Wait for what the Lord is telling you to do and you go do it? (laughs) So, let me tell you about how all this works, okay? The concept of you literally stepping out of religious routines and doctrines and becoming supernatural so that you can give away the Holy Spirit like you receive it is... Connected to really one thing, and it's it's your prayer life. How do you relate to the Lord? How do you depend on the Lord? How do you hear the Lord? How do you obey and follow the Lord? It's your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Right. There is nothing else. There is no routine. There's no going to church twenty five times a week. Um, you can't earn your way into the kingdom. But you can receive the kingdom, value what He gave you, which is the Holy Ghost, and even let the Holy Ghost pray through you to build you up. Yes. Okay? How many of you have ever heard the term metron? You know what a metron is? Yes. In Romans 12.3 it says, Be sober in judgment according to the measure or the metron of influence of faith that God gives you. Yes. Okay? So what that means is when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you initially have a certain amount of faith, but as you relate to the Lord and as you hear the Lord, as you continue to pray in the Holy Ghost, He reforms and builds something that does not, did not exist before. He actually reveals and unveils what the world covered up through religion and all the junk of the world. And He gets credit because He's the only one that can actually reform and make you the supernatural thing that you're called to be. Amen. Amen. It's a pretty cool concept, ain't it? Yes, sure so when he says be sober in judgment according to the measure of faith that God gives you, it's all connected to a, a big question. How do you grow and how do you receive faith in the supernatural? <laughs> well, all I can tell you is 15 years ago, this did not exist. Okay, this what I am today was, is not even close to to the baby Christian that I was 15 years ago, okay? So one of the one of the key things you have to understand is what you are today is not what you're going to be in 15, Amen. 5, 10, 15 years. Woo. If you believe that he pours out favor, he pours out strength, he pours out increase, he expands your boundaries, he makes your influence more powerful because he is the one who builds you.
0: Amen. Amen. Right? Yeah.
1: He is the builder of the house, Absolutely. right? He is the builder of the house. Yes. So what is the house? Us. All these sort of made, beautiful yes. artists work on the, on, and, the, and the stained glass windows in this church and everything. What is the house? Yes. That's right. You are the house, right? If you have the revelation that you are the house, Right? Jesus came as what? The son of David. Right? He came as the son of David. And why did he come as a came, why did he come as the son of David? Way back when David was a psalmist on that mountain, right? That holy hill, him and the Lord interacting. and and the psalm's coming out of David, right? David's heart was for the Lord. It made him supernatural. He did things that nobody else could do because of hearing the Lord and the anointing that the Lord put upon him, right? And, And the father loved David so much that when David decided he was going to build the Lord a house because the Lord didn't have a house, right? The Lord goes and wakes up Nathan the prophet and said, no, 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 you tell David, I'm going to make him a house. I'm glad his heart is for me to have a place for me to rest, but tell him I am going to rest on him. Amen. And the father loved David so much, he says, I'm going to send my son Jesus Christ as the son of David. He actually prophesied, right, that I will restore the tent of David. You know that prophecy? Right? I will restore the tent. That was, ...that was fallen down. So what's that mean? So when Jesus Christ comes, He not only dies for your sins, but He dies for you to be resurrected in Christ. He makes you something that you could never be on your own, and He equips you with a prayer language to pray like David did to make you as supernatural as David. To make you a God To make you something that you could never make on your own. You couldn't take credit for it, but it comes down to the prayer and supplication of David that came on one man, now as a gift is given to the masses Amen. to make the body the army of the Lord. Woo. Are you with me, church? Yes. To make the body. And so Paul, this wild man Paul, he says things like, I wish you all prayed in tongues. I pray in tongues more than you all. He says, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Right? Right? He's begging the church to use the one gift that Jesus gives you when he equips you to pray in the Holy Ghost so that you could be made supernatural as a son of David. Amen. Right? Yes. As a son of David. And so in the book of Jude, uh, chapter 20, Jude 1.20, it says, build yourselves up in your most holy emotion, praying in the Holy Ghost. So when he says build, right? So he's telling you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Right, Jesus. The vision I gave you was Jesus putting oil on your tongue. Why? So that you can build. So that you can build. Right? You can't. You can't build in any other way other than in the Spirit. Do you Do you understand that? Yeah. Literally, you You can't build outside of the Spirit. Amen. Jesus said, "If you build on sand, right. But if you build on the rock, right? What is the rock? The rock." is the one who sent the oil.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Jesus is the rock. He sent the oil. The one thing Jesus sent was the oil, the power of the Holy Ghost. And so when He says, build yourself up in your most holy emotion, He's giving you the prescription, the answer to every issue in your life is the pray in the Holy Ghost because the Lord has your answer no matter what the situation is. He will build you. What do I mean by that? Well, where does faith come from? Build yourself up in your most holy emotion, right? But where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing, right? Yeah. Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the yeah. Rhema, the Rhema word. Yeah. The Rhema. That doesn't that that doesn't mean you pick and choose scriptures and say if I memorize Psalm twenty three, everything's gonna be good in my life. If you hear the Lord and he points you to Psalm 23, that's a different story. Right, But he also might speak to you and talk to you about a trauma or an issue that you have that might be a wall and a resistance. And when he speaks that thing, he rips that thing down and he reforms you. The voice of the, of the Lord is the only thing that can create and take credit for what he will make you to be. When I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I prayed in tongues, hours and hours and hours. It was the only way I could get peace. I, I would do all-nighters. I, I prayed in the Holy Ghost, and I began to write. I mean, I have page after page, hundreds of pages of visions and dreams of the Lord speaking to me and confronting all the lies, all the things that I wasn't. And establishing the destiny and the reformation, even into my call to go to India, even in my call to go to certain cities, it was all revealed in dreams. He built me, he, he tore something down to build me. Right? We taught you some of you guys that were in the, the meeting the other day. I taught you about Jeremiah chapter 1, that when the hand of the Lord came upon Jeremiah. He said, I will put my word, my vision upon you to tear down, destroy, to root out, right? To rip out the lie, to rip out what what made you powerless, and to build in the plant to establish his vision. Right? Yeah. The, the Lord says in his scripture, above all things get vision. Without vision, the people what? Perish. They perish. So do you center your life around getting vision? Or do you wait for the pastor to entertain you with a good, good, you know, a good mama or something? <laughs> Come on, man! You're the army. Yeah, you're the army.
0: Great. I don't care what
1: anybody said to you before, but you're the army, and the Lord has vision for you. He has purpose for you. He has something to release and awaken in you that did not exist before. Great. Amen. It did not exist before until he speaks into the darkness. And the darkness, what? The darkness doesn't have an answer for the light. The darkness is a victim of the light. Instead of the body being a victim of the world, because you hear the voice of the Lord, the world is at your mercy. Anybody who has the vision of the Lord is the most powerful people on earth. Amen you are, you are the most powerful people on earth if you hear the Lord speak if you have his vision, his dream in your heart nothing can stop you nothing can shake you he will speak to you and tell you to do an impossible thing he will work you straight moving anything that's in your way out of the room and putting a man who will let the outpouring of the Holy Ghost come upon the prisoners are you with me church? come on man Anybody excited in to here tonight? <laughs> I mean, he's a supernatural God. Why won't he make you supernatural? Amen. David was supernatural He killed giants. Yeah. Anybody yeah. hung around David did what? Yeah. Killed, killed yeah. some big things. Right? Yeah. People start hanging around me. You're either, you're either going to start killing things or you're probably not going to hang around me too long. Right, John? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we had to force Steve John with the hot fire hose about 24 hours ago. <laughs>
0: Receive the Holy Ghost!
1: Receive! I just don't understand. Receive! <laughs> Woo! <Woo-hoo. laughs>
0: right? <laughs>
1: That's funny, but it's simple. Yeah. The rational mind can't understand the, sim- the simplicity of the way of the Lord that instead of you having to work and earn your way to salvation... You receive, right? It can't be that simple that he gives you a prayer language you pray in the Holy Ghost and you would just receive, would it? Yeah. Yeah. You see, if you knew what tongues did for you, if you knew the, the answer that the Lord promised to you, if you prayed in the Holy Ghost, you would pray. You wouldn't have to be, somebody wouldn't have to beg you I mean, it's one thing to be in love with the Lord and do you pray because you love His presence and you already have that revelation. But if you have a testimony, I'm trying to give you a testimony that if you pray in the Holy Ghost, He will speak to you. It's not if it, He will. He promised. Okay? He promised. He says, I promise to make you supernatural. Tell your neighbor that the Lord says He promises to make you supernatural. Say, prove it, Dave. Prove
0: it, Dave.
1: <laughs> I'm going to repeat something that I said yesterday morning because it was just a powerful thing. Okay, what happened in yesterday morning's meeting and the way the presence of the Lord came in that room. I mean, we had pastors and leaders and people just shaking in the presence of the Holy Ghost because the Lord was gripping people's hearts. And um, I just want to repeat this because it has to be a foundational thing with where you guys go as a group moving forward, okay? The promise of the Lord to pour out to you is His promise. It's not like you're different, there's something wrong with you, that He doesn't care about you. Those are all lies. His blood washes you clean. He died to make you new, to make you whole, so that you can be resurrected as His new creature, His new born-again, supernatural son and daughter of God. Okay, and the way he does it is with this prayer language, where he gives you this supernatural prayer language, right? That you don't know what you're praying, but by faith you just pray it, right? Romans eight twenty six. It says, "For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings we don't understand." Wait a minute. What did you say? That if I pray in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is literally fighting for me? Yeah.
0: Yes, right. <laughs>
1: how do you picture the Holy Ghost I know the warrior king I know how he moves things out of my way I know how he orchestrates and positions me I know what he does for me and my family I know that the favor of the Lord is upon me I know it, I've seen it I'm just trying to testify to somebody Yeah. trying to testify to somebody
0: <laughs>
1: trying to Testify to somebody. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Some of you ought to tattoo that one on you.
0: That's
1: good. Romans 8, 26. You should tattoo that. I, have, I had that tattooed on my kids when I got that, got that revelation. Not knowing what to pray is the biggest humanistic excuse, demonic excuse, demonic lie there is. Because when the Lord says, I have your answer, I'll even give you a language. You don't even have to know what it means. Nothing. You don't need to know nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, duh. It's the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You don't need to know nothing. nothing. You can be dumber than a box of rocks and the Lord will make you the smartest person in the room. Amen. For I do not know what I have to pray. But the Holy Ghost makes intercession for me. Amen. Dumber than a box of rocks. Come on, everybody, raise your hand. That's, that's us. Amen. We think we know, but we don't. That's called religion. That's called that's called self righteousness. But when the whole when you wait on the Holy Ghost in His Spirit, knowing that He is going to speak and lead. Well, Dave, you were going to preach on this other thing. And I I really was expecting you to preach on that. Yeah, but I I saw the Lord give me a vision. He wants to put oil on people's tongues tonight. (laughs) Are you with me? For we do not know what to pray for as we are, but the Holy Ghost makes intercession for us with groanings that can't be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He gives you the Spirit to search your heart. He actually knows what your heart is. He's praying through you. You don't know what's going on, but the Holy Ghost knows everything about your heart. He knows your need. He knows how to be intimate with you. He knows everything. And you're trusting Him in a supernatural relationship. And the last line, verse 27, it says, He prays the perfect will of the Lord. Amen. Tell your neighbor, look at him, say, the perfect word
0: perfect.
1: comes through holy tongues. Are you gonna use it?
0: Yes.
1: Look at him, ask him, are you gonna use the power of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> you see there's more. That's that's like just one of the nuggets. But this, this, is, this, is the main, this is the main thing because it's one of the most amazing promises on the supernatural equipping of the Holy Spirit that there is, at least for me, and what the Lord has sent me around to cities and places to equip people to make them supernatural. Okay? And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20, Paul actually references this Scripture. He's talking about the need and he's imploring the people to pray in the Holy Ghost. Okay, and it's a reference to Isaiah 28, verse 9. Isaiah 28, verse 9, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It says, to whom will he teach knowledge? And to whom will he make to understand the message? The word teach there is the word "yada." It means intimacy. It means out of intimacy, he will teach you, right? And it actually means to see to receive vision, to receive from the Lord. Teaching is not something that you simply learn and try to understand Scripture on your own. He's talking about having impartation as a routine daily thing in your life. That's right. Daily. Yeah. Wow, yeah, do you that's live true. by trying to do a routine yeah. and achieve what the picture of the Bible says? Or do you live every day by receiving impartation? You see right now you're a product of impartation because I'm going to preach something else but he wants to put oil on people's tongues to awaken an army. Yeah. Amen. 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 Amen Say this, say Holy, Holy Ghost, Ghost. I, give I give you my heart. Say it again, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I'm, in I'm, in I'm in need of impartation. impartation. I lay down my religion. I lay down trying to achieve, trying to to work for salvation. I I throw that lies away, away. and I receive your impartation. Get ready, man! You're about to get messed up. You're about to get messed up because he said, "To whom will I teach?" And to whom will I make to understand? Who will I give supernatural vision, dreams, understanding? Right. That was Joel two twenty eight. I will pour out my spirit upon you. You will dream dreams, have visions, and you will prophesy, just like they did on the day of Pentecost. I will make you right. We talked about this the other day, Pete. Right. Yeah. Pete, who was chicken. Right. He was chicken before the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But after the but after the Holy Ghost, Pete was made supernatural. There's Chicken Pete and Supernatural Pete. Which one do you relate to? <laughs> Continuing on, let's get back here. We're getting off getting off topic. He, he says, whom will I teach to understand the message? The message being his intent for the day, his intent for your life, his intent for you to invade, his intent for you to become supernatural, his intent to break away all the lies and the junk and reveal the real you, the real message that's what the real message is and only he has it you can't create it on your own you can't figure it out on your own you can't achieve it on your own he's the only one that has a message and he's the only one that has the power to reveal it to you so you can't go anywhere else except to the holy ghost religion will tell you to just read your scripture but the supernatural god says come to me Come boldly to the throne of grace. I have broken down the wall of separation. I've made you a new creature. You are no longer of the old. You are in the new. Nothing. There's nothing out of your grasp. Come to my throne room. Come. As sons and daughters, come. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Are you with me? Yeah. So that message is extremely important. It's your destiny. It's your purpose. It's your ability. It's the building up, right? Building yourself up in your most holy emotions, right? So the the gift of tongues has an intention to reveal to you the message. That's why, that's why in the book of Judah it says, build yourself up. We'll get to that here in a second. Verse 10, verse, Isaiah 28, verse 10, for it is it, for it is his prophets repeating over and over precept upon precept, precept upon precept, rule upon rule, rule upon rule. Here a little, there a little, and he answers. I'm reading out of the Amplified now. He says, "No." Verse eleven. He says, "No." Some guy standing up here reading Bible scripture to you is not going to reveal to you the message. Amen. He gave you the question to ask so that you. He, he gave you the question so that you wouldn't be deceived. Amen. Amen. So that you wouldn't be taken down all the wrong paths. He says, I have one path. My son Jesus conquered sin and death. He went to hell. He took the keys of life and death. He was raised up. He holds all the keys of life, sin, and death. There's no key that Jesus doesn't hold. And when he ascended into heaven, he said he sent one thing to make your life simple. Okay. Cool mama. Simple. It's like a baby crying, right? It couldn't be that simple, is it? Yeah. So he answers it's not about repeating line upon line. It's not. He says, No, but the Lord will teach the rebels in a more humiliating way with a stammering lip and another tongue. He will speak to his people. To these. Unbelieving and hard-hearted, He had said, this is the true rest that you shall give to the weary and this is the true refreshment. It can't be that simple, can it? Yeah. For you literally to lay down your will and realize that you can't get to the supernatural any other way outside of the power of the Holy Ghost. It's actually so rigged. It's actually rigged in your favor in such a way that it actually is so in your favor that if you lay down your will and say, I'm going to do it his way to pray the perfect will of the Lord, right? Yeah. He begins to pour out. He begins to tear down the lies. Every vision, every dream you get is tearing down the lies and revealing the truth. Good word. That's what prophecy is. Amen. Amen. If you understand what I just taught you about your prayer life and receiving the Lord, speaking to you in visions and dreams, you will also value prophecy in the church in the same way. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul practically begged the church, right? He says, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially you may prophesy. He goes on and says, I, I, I wish you all praying in tongues even more than you prophesy, right? It's a pattern, you pray in tongues, you receive vision and you prophesy. And he gets down to chapter 14, verse 20, 21, 22, and 23. And he says, when the new person comes in, the army who sees the vision of the Lord helps the unbeliever who, can't have, who doesn't have vision. The church is supposed to have vision because they value the voice, the direct voice and the giftings of the Holy Spirit. And because you all see visions and have dreams and know his voice, the new person who walks in, the unbeliever who can't hear, the religious guy, the Hindu, the whatever. When they walk in the door, because you pray in tongues and see the vision of the Lord, you can see into their heart for them.
0: Yes. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah.
1: That's what makes you an army. Right. Yes. If you do that, you are you are in the army. Amen. If you don't do that, I don't know what you're doing. Amen. No, I'm being serious. I don't know what you're doing because that's not Christianity. Amen. Christianity is about the power of the Lord. It's about heaven invading the darkness. It's about you being more powerful than anything else on the earth. Woo! It's about you being a representation of the king. And the Lord of Lords, the most dominant thing on the earth. It doesn't matter what you face; it matters what you hear. Yes. Amen. It does not matter what you face; it matters what you hear in your
0: prayer
1: room. Yes. Yes. But here's the most awesome part of this: of understanding Isaiah twenty-eight nine to eleven. The picture of a stammering lip and another tongue is that actually a Hebrew picture of a baby crying. Right? You are, you are newborn sons and daughters of God. Amen. Right? And he gives you this language that sounds like goo goo gugga, goo goo gugga. You don't know what it means, but you know when you're in trouble, goo goo gugga. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a simple as goo goo gugga. <laughs> it can't be that simple, can it? Yeah. yeah. You mean all I have to say is goo goo gaga ga, and he promises to answer me It can't be I mean that's rigged, isn't it? That means I have the favor of the Lord that means I will hear him So this picture is essentially a baby crying and the, and the mother's milk what happens to the mother's milk when the baby cries does the mother have to say, wait, wait, wait. I think I hear that baby. I don't know if I'm going to turn it on or not.
0: <laughs> what happens when that baby
1: cries? <laughs> the mother doesn't have a choice. <laughs> Are you getting the picture? Yes. And that's the equivalent that the father used in this Hebrew picture to say that with the stammering lip and another tongue, I will respond to you. Yeah. Not if, I will respond to you. Yeah. I will teach you understanding you for the situation you're in life. I will lead you. I will guide you. I will go before you and make a way. I'll be your rear guard. There won't be nothing that can stand it before you that you will not be able to conquer my God, one person that gets a hold of it. What if just one of you got a hold of
0: it? What if just
1: one of you got a hold of it? it? Can I get, can I see it? Is there anybody who gets the picture? I'm in trouble. I don't know what to do. uh, 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 Margaret, Bill. I don't know what to do. But wait, wait, wait. It can't be that simple, can it? Yes. Why do you think the Lord would send a guy into prison? Not to talk in particular just about Jesus Christ, but to talk about the equipping of the Holy Spirit and equip prisoners that barely know anything. Duh, like duh, Nothing. Right? They're on church. They don't know anything. But you know what I found in the world? In all my travels and the places I go to? The people that the Holy Ghost can use the most are the ones that don't have any religion keeping them from falling back into routines and processes and stand up and sit down and lighting candles and saying Hail Marys and all that other junk. And all they do, all they know how to cry, all they experience was a supernatural thing. And all they can do is go, <speaking in Spanish> I had a guy call me, like three or four years later, he got out of prison. He says, I'm now leaving church. Because I started to pray in tongues in a prison.
0: Amen. Woo.
1: When I started going to India, and I—I I, I mean, I've told this story a couple of times here. But when I started going to India, I was going to teach all this scripture and all this stuff. And the Lord told me, "I didn't bring you here to teach them about me. I brought you here to introduce me." And so, all I did—tens and thousands of people, a hundred thousand people—baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. And my thought is if you can do it to the prisoner that you made a leader of a, of a house of God who now believes in the power of the Holy Ghost, you can do it to any of those Hindus. You can do it to any Baptist. You can do it to any Methodist. You can do it to any Buddhist, Any of them. Amen. If they know the Holy Ghost. Right? Jesus said, you can blaspheme me, but do not blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Amen. What does that mean? I mean, it, I mean, the intent of Christ is that he actually sent the Holy Ghost, the one thing that can resurrect you. Amen.
0: Yeah.
1: Jesus without the Holy Ghost is called dead religion. Yeah. It's powerless, That's right. routine yeah. garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when people ask me, well, I believe in Jesus my I saved, I say, let's talk about your spiritual life. And they say, well, I don't even pray. I don't do anything. I said, well, you think you're alive, but you're dead. I don't care if you go to church or not. Do you know the Holy Ghost? Yes. Amen. Come on, man. Do you know the Holy Ghost? Do you embrace the the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, the one thing that Jesus gave, the Holy Ghost? Amen. So the supernatural prayer language that He gives, where do you put it on the ranking of your life needs? Is it above the Bible?
0: Yep.
1: Wait a minute, I'm meddling in some religion here. (laughs) Is your relationship with the Holy Ghost above the Bible? Yes. If you don't think it's above the Bible, and I'm not condemning anybody, But if you don't value the Holy Spirit, the one thing Jesus gave, He will lead you into all truth, right? Right. He spent spent John 14, 15, and 16 saying, I'm sending you the Spirit of Truth. He will lead you into all truth. He will make you supernatural. He will do things for you, to you, around you. He will judge your enemies. He will make you supernatural. Right? You see, a lot of people put Scripture above the Holy Ghost. But it's actually, it should be Holy Ghost referencing Scripture. Yep, amen. The Holy Ghost can lead you into a particular Bible verse and it's like a mushroom cloud. Oh my gosh, I now understand what, what the Lord was saying. Hallelujah. But if you go to the Bible and try to memorize it and achieve it and, and use it. Right. And then have this kind of bold on option called the Holy Ghost. And you don't rely on the Holy Ghost to reveal the meaning, right? How did he say that he would reveal the meaning to you? To whom will verse nine? To whom will he teach knowledge? To whom will he make to understand the message? This is a crazy concept, but unless the Lord gives me a vision, he wants me to study and understand a certain piece of scripture. I don't go there trying to just read through it. Amen. What I do is I spend my time with the Holy Ghost, and when He wants to say we're on John sixteen this week. Or we're on 1 Corinthians chapter 15 this week, and we're gonna zero in on this concept, this thing. And I know this is this is this might be far out there for some of you guys, but it's a maturing process. Amen. Right? If you trust the Holy Ghost, the one thing Jesus meant, Scripture is another reference point. Okay? I hear people all the time saying, Well, if it doesn't line up with the Bible, if it doesn't line up to the Bible. You know how many times the Lord has said things to me that's not in the Bible? Do I freeze if it's not in the Bible? Dave, I see people with tongues out. I want to put oil on them tonight. Is that in the Bible? That particular vision is not in the Bible. Dave, I'm putting a cloth on you and anointing you to go to India. A man in, in seven days from now, a man's going to call you to go to India. I want you to go. That's a true story. Seven days later, you need to come. Yes, sir, the Lord's already told me. A hundred thousand people later, it's 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 all supernaturally somehow the Lord had it orchestrated from a dream. Is that in the Bible? You see your religion of that weird religious religious adage of about is it in the Bible will actually paralyze you from becoming supernatural (laughs) and I'm not telling you to do things that are outside of scriptural contents like doing witchcraft and stupid things, those are stupid what I'm talking to you about is how to become supernatural, you have to trust the voice of the Lord and how he gives you visions and dreams and when he unctions you, you don't Wait, you, you, do, you do it. Yes. Yes. Amen?
0: Yes.
1: Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Yes. You see, He wants to make you supernatural. Yes. He's going to make you supernatural. The tongues are out. There's oil that He wants to put on everybody's tongue. There's, there's a prayer life that He wants to anoint you with. Right? That where you become prayer dependent instead of routine and system dependent. Yeah. There's a difference. Absolute difference, okay? You guys okay? Yeah I guess so. Your neighbor's still alive? <laughs> Nobody's shaking or anything, are they? Not yet. You see the desire of Paul is that the church would be centered around the voice of the Lord. what made the what made the disciples supernatural? Did they even have a New Testament? What did the whole, what did what did the 120 in the upper room have in terms of new testament scripture i'm giving you a clue here what did paul have when he got knocked off his donkey by the voice of the lord come on i'm giving you a clue what could they reference other than the voice of the holy ghost so where did they spend their time The one thing that Jesus gave that made them supernatural, so different than the Pharisees, the Sadducees, who made the Old Testament their God instead of going to the living God. Right? You see, when you hear something like this, it removes all the excuses out of your, how do I do it? What do I do? Where do I go? I just gave you a very simple answer. You receive the Holy Ghost, you pray in the Holy Ghost, you get his vision because you have an amazing prayer life, and you go do what he says to do, and he actually does the work.
0: Amen. Yeah.
1: Say this, say, Jesus, I ask right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation
0: to come upon
1: me in power. Come on, Holy Ghost. I'm not asking. I'm expecting. When I go into my prayer room tomorrow, and I begin praying in the Holy Ghost. I want visions. I want dreams. I want your direction. I want to be a supernatural one. I want to be a giant killer. I want to do a supernatural
0: things.
1: In the name of Jesus. So back to Mitron. You have a sphere of influence. That before the Holy Ghost is a, is about zero. I'm talking spiritual. Okay. You get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you have this favor on you. Okay, you have this circle around you that you you can actually, when somebody steps into your circle, the Lord gives you authority, gives you ability in the Spirit to speak into their life. That happens as soon as you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. As soon as you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you get this metron, this circle around you of influence. That means that a baby Christian can get the vision of the Lord, speak into a 60-year-old man's life, and that 60-year-old man's life starts to weep and cry and shake because the word of the Lord went past the walls that religion can never break through, and he feels the presence of the Lord for the first time in his life. Okay? But your Mitron can grow. Yes. And your Mitron, your circle of influence, is directly connected to your prayer life. Okay? India was not in my Mitron before the year that the Lord called me to pray supernaturally for a long, long time. Okay? Yes. Different cities in the United States were not in my Mitron before my prayer, My prayer. My, my sphere of influence was increased by my prayer life. Well, how how does that work? Didn't didn't Jude chapter 20 say, build yourself up in your most holy emotions? Right? So when you pray in tongues and the Lord begins to tear down the lies, tear down the junk, and He begins to reform, He begins to build you, He begins to build you, increase your circle, increase your ability, increase your power. It's all connected to your prayer life, guys. It's all connected to... The embrace of Gugu Gaga to the Father who has every answer Amen. that you have in your life, every every need you have in your life. Isn't that amazing? amazing. See, I just simplified the gospel for you wow. <laughs> prophetically. I simpl- simplified. I simplified all of it for you. It makes you. Not have to worry about anything else other than I have the answer. I know how to get this. I know how how to relate to my Father in heaven. I know how to speak in His language that He cannot say no to. That that when I cry out as a child, He will pour out His Spirit upon me. Amen? Amen? Amen. My God. My God. I mean, a lot of you have spent years in dead religion. A lot of people spend years in dead, powerless religion that never gets them to a revelation of what they could be or what they could have been or what they could become in having a simplified impartation of the Holy Ghost and valuing your relationship with the Holy Ghost above anything else. Amen? Amen. So let me tell you about a dream. I'm going to tell you about a dream and then we're going to pray. All right? Anybody want to pray in here tonight? Yeah. All right. So this is a simple dream. Um, I'm in this room, and Jesus, uh, he walks into the room, and he has a torch in his hand with a cloth, and he puts this cloth over my shoulder, and it says 1 Samuel nineteen nineteen on it, and he hands me a torch. And when he hands me the torch, he leads me out into the graveyard, and when we walk through the graveyard, dead people come out of the graveyard and begin to be awakened alive. And all these dead people become, come come out of the graveyard. And the Lord started to speak to me about this. And about this. And He took me to this Scripture. I'm going to read it to you. And I'm going to start with 1 Samuel 19, verse 18. So David fled and escaped. This is when David was running from Saul. Saul is uh, ready to kill him. Saul, the religious guy, knows David. hears the voice of the Lord. And Saul didn't have an answer for him, so he wanted to kill him. Right? Yeah. But the Lord had a plan for David. So David, in verse 18, So David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and stayed at Naoth. Now it was told Saul, saying, Take note, David is at Naoth-Ramah. That's verse 19, 19. That's what was on the, 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 uh, the cloth that he put on me. Then Saul sent messengers, assassins, okay? He was sending assassins to kill David with an intent to kill him. But David was with with was with Samuel at naoth Ramah. He was with the prophet. He was, was he was with the prophetic voice, okay? And when they saw the group of prophets prophesying, meaning that when the assassins saw the group of prophets prophesying, Samuel standing as a leader over them, the Spirit of God came upon the messengers Saul sent. So the assassins were not under the power anymore of the assignment to kill David. The power of the presence of the prophetic voice coming off of David on that mountain now had so much power on it That the assassins couldn't fulfill their mission. It says that they stripped down their clothes. They stopped what they're doing. They went back and they told Saul, Hey, we tried to kill him. But somehow there's this supernatural power at Naoth, Ramah. David and Samuel are praying in tongues and they're prophesying and the supernatural presence of God is so powerful that when you get close enough, when you step in David's metron, we start to shake and we don't know why, but we can't kill him. And they run back to Saul. Amen. Wow. So Saul says, and, when, when, and when, they, when Saul was told, he sent other assassins And they prophesied likewise. Meaning that the assassins went to kill David. They came in, David's meets on on that mountain with the prophet. And they came under the power of the Holy Ghost. And they couldn't fulfill their mission to kill him. And they run back and tell Saul, it's real. The power of the prophetic is real. What David is hearing from the Lord is so powerful, we can't get within killing distance of him. Are you hearing me, church? My God, are you hearing me, church? Why would you want to prophesy? Why would you want to prophesy? You see, it gets better. It gets better. Then Saul also went to Naoth-Rama and came to the great well that is at Seku. So he asked and said, where are Samuel and David? And someone said, indeed, they are at Naoth-Rama. So he himself went to Naoth. Then the Spirit of God was so powerful it came upon him also as David prophesied. And he went on and prophesied with David. No longer was David under the spell of witchcraft and the the spirit of death that Saul wanted to put on David. The the anointing on David was so powerful that it converted Saul. He actually started to prophesy because he got in David's metron. David's relationship His prayer life was so powerful that the enemy that wanted to kill him had no power over him. How powerful is your relationship with the Holy Ghost? Come on, man. Somebody is going to be sent to a prison Somebody's going to be sent to a place that is impossible for you to fulfill your mission, but for God to come upon you with His Word for you to go do it, for you to go prophesy it, because somebody knows how to pray. My God. My God, what would we look like if we built our churches around the spirit of prophecy? What would we look like if the spirit of prophecy... You know what? That's what Jesus calls Himself... Today is what G- Jesus calls himself the spirit of prophecy.
0: Amen.
1: Revelation 19.10. For the testimony of Jesus Christ is prophecy. Yes. And I saw Jesus on a white horse coming out of heaven. The spirit of prophecy. Eyes of fire. Nothing could stop him with his army. Are you in his army? Yeah. Are you in the prophetic army? Yeah. Are you in a relationship that draws the presence of the Lord so powerfully in your life that it doesn't matter what sin sends your way, it doesn't matter what sickness is inundating the, the world, you know the King of Kings, you know the spirit of prophecy who promises to speak to you in your hour of prayer, making you supernatural, making you the most powerful force on the earth. Oh my God, I feel that like in my gut. Do you feel that? Yeah. I have come to testify to you that I know the living Christ. Yeah. I know the one who's been resurrected from the dead. Yeah. The one who holds all keys of authority and promises to speak to you, Micah. The one who promises to make you something that you can never make on your own. Oh that man. not even your enemies, wow. if they come within your meat throne, they're the ones who will begin to shake. They are the ones who will beginning to tremble. They are the ones yeah. who will fear the sons of God yeah. as the sons of God yeah. are being unveiled on the earth. You see, you're supposed to have your own mountain.
0: Yeah.
1: David had a mountain. It was called his holy hill. Let me, let me read the, the foundational scripture out of this book. It's, a, it's, the, it's the scripture the Lord gave me and everything else literally came out of this scripture in this book, okay? This is Proverbs 22. Proverbs 21, verse 22. Warriors filled with wisdom ascending into the high place, your high place. Look at your neighbor and say, do you own a high place yet? (laughs) Wisdom-filled warriors ascending into the high place and releasing breakthrough. Bringing down the strongholds of the mighty yeah. in the region that you dwell in yeah. because you build a yeah. mountain yeah. where anything of evil that comes yeah. within your neutron, nothing can stand in the way because yeah. you've been anointed in the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You know how to pray. You know how to intercede. You know how to dominate. You know how to hear the voice of the Lord. You know how to win. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And you build your church. On the direct voice of the Lord, prophesying, equipping the saints in the power of the Holy Ghost, my God, what would you look like? What would you look like if you really believed that? Does anybody anybody really believe that? Am I talking to the
0: right people? Thank you for joining this week's episode of The School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to DavidCuppet.org, davidcuppett.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.